0: Thank you for joining us for Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry and I have a almost eight-year-old second grader named Naomi, and I started Positively Dad back in March of 2019 just to be a resource to you so that you could grow as a parent, partner, or person, and I trust that's what we've been doing. I thank you for listening. We do two episodes every single week. On Mondays, we talk to an expert about something that's going to help us grow or get better. And then on Thursdays, I talk to a dad about being a dad. That's what you're listening to right now. We call it a dad talk episode. These are a lot of fun because we're talking real life dads, dealing with real life stuff about what they'd like to be purposeful in so that we as a community can learn from each other and and really be powerful parents and partners. So today we're going to talk to a friend of mine, a guy I've known for a real long time, Lad Gasparovic. And Lad and his wife have two kids, a a 10-year-old daughter, a six-year-old son. They're going to talk with you. Lad's going to talk with you about a lot of stuff that I think is really going to help you, and that is, you know, how are you being purposeful about the time you spend with your kids and the the way that you create an environment for them to succeed and win? Because it's stressful out there. There's a lot going on. So how can we be a support network for them and ultimately set them up to be great human beings as they grow up? I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation, and let's jump in and have it. Lad, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Tell us a little bit about your family.
1: So my family consists of myself, my lovely wife, Stephanie Gasparovic, and I have two kids. My daughter, her name is Malena. She's 10 years old and our son,
0: Matt, and Matt is six. And you guys are busy. I mean, you have a lot going on. You have successful businesses that you run. You got 10 and six-year-olds, so life gets busy. How do you make it all work?
1: Well, it is busy life life is phenomenal life is is busy. I tend to be a you know the glasses definitely have full in my world. i don't complain about being busy i don't complain about having a lot going on. i think I kind of prefer it that way. you know business obviously met you through the through the business world and and coaching and training and and i I love that feel very passionate about that. I think part of the way we deal with it is I really, I love what I do. So I love the busy part of, you know, my work sector of my life, even though I'm super busy, I'm very passionate about it. I think you probably feel the same way. I can tell that when you, Mm -hmm. when I see you speak and when I see Mm -hmm. you teach and train. And so I think that makes it, that makes it easy. And, but I, but I'll be honest, you know, juggling things and then also being present for the family when you give so much time, effort, and energy. And a lot of your passion and energy to your work, it it does make it hard to show up at home, you know, from the dad aspect of my life. And and that's something that I've really been intentional about, making sure that I'm saving that energy and passion and enthusiasm so that I'm showing up as a dad as intentionally and as strong as I am at work. Does that make sense?
0: It sure does. Tell us how you're doing that, because I think that's a challenge we all have sometimes.
1: Obviously, I've I've made a lot of progress. I will admit I, I struggle with it, and I think a lot of people do. I think that just one thing is, I think just really having the realization. You know, I, I'm a, I love to learn. I love to read. I love to listen to podcasts. I love your podcast. I like to listen to other people. You know this because we talk about this in, in training in our companies. Successful people have gone before us, and there are people that I've that I respect and that I follow and I listen to that are dads and moms and business leaders and church leaders and community leaders and i i choose my mentors and i tend to choose people who have not just like what i want like business wise but their 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 life is whole right they're they're showing up for their family there's a lot of people that are great in business that i wouldn't want to pattern my life after i'm not willing sure. to sacrifice my life and my family for that mm-hmm. so i've just i follow what other people do you know I think one of the biggest struggles that, that I have and I still struggle with, a lot of us do, is just feeling so connected. And we've got information coming at us all different ways, right? Text and email and social media and, you know, everything else that's coming on, phone messages. So one of the things that I do, and I don't do it all the time, but when I do, it makes a big difference, is just being disconnected at home, being present. That's really what for my kids are 6 and 10. Mm-hmm. They really just want to hang out. They yep. really want to spend time, you know? So, and honestly, that's what my wife wants too.
0: No kidding. I mean, I think, that, so this is a theme, and I'm sure you've heard some of these dad talk episodes before. And I, I hear a lot, especially from dads of younger kids. My daughter's eight, yours are six and 10. And, and, and so I hear it a lot of, hey, I want to be able to disconnect and be present. And I think that's the number one challenge that dads of our generation are facing.
1: I agree. And I'll tell you this, there's this weird tension where You don't want, it's like there's something in you that doesn't want to disconnect and doesn't want to give that up. Like you feel like you have to. And I think if you read about it and you read like the neuroscience of it and you realize that we are literally, we get addicted Mm -hmm. to the feelings that a message notification of these things, our bodies are literally craving these things because that's what they're getting. And so I think we have to, we have to know that and recognize it. The crazy thing is when I shut off my phone and I do shut off my phone at night, I don't sleep with my phone in my room and I turn it off because I think it's unhealthy for a number of reasons to have it, you know, on and have it near me. But I get this feeling of like peace when I do and present, but there's this weird tension of like not wanting to do that, you know, but once you're Mm -hmm. able to do it, I find that, you know, we went to eat the other night and, and I just was walking out of the car, took a couple steps back and just intentionally put my phone in the car. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's a different experience, you know, than yep. if if my phone's in my pocket. It's just a different experience.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's good. And we we've, we've done so many episodes on that. So if, I mean, there's other dads out there, That struggle with it, uh, you know. I'm just going to remind you and recommend you go back and listen to. We did a screen time for parents. One Anya Kemenitz from NPR was the guest. I mean, go back and listen to that because she gives good advice. Now, something else you talked with me about, which I thought was really interesting for you, because I've, I've known you and your wife a long time, and you have been very successful entrepreneurs for a long time. And I mean, like roll up your sleeves and build something from scratch type entrepreneurs. And I feel like when somebody does that, there's a lot of pressure that comes with needing to succeed and provide and be sec- successful, except you told me that your goal as a dad is to create a pressure-free environment for your kids. And I was really interested in that because I feel like you and Stephanie have always had pressure on you to to be leaders and to succeed at a high level. So then how do you create a pressure-free environment at home?
1: Yeah, that's I love that. And again, it's something that we that we strive for. I don't know that we're, that we're perfect, but we're, we're cognizant of it. You know, obviously, I think I think as parents or the way that we all grew up, right, our parents always do their best. I mean, no one is raising their kids saying, hey, I'm going to jack my kids up and I'm going to screw them up and I'm put pressure on them. Everyone wants their best for us. My parents grew up. They were, you know, the first ones in their family to go to college. And they both grew up very humble beginnings, actually fairly poor and and did really well. And there is a I was always pushed to do and, and I don't. This is not at all, my parents gave me an unbelievable upbringing, but I think there's a part of it of striving and achieving where it's healthy, and I think there's another side of it that can be unhealthy. Like, I would describe myself, and I heard someone else say this phrase, I didn't coin it, but, you know, I like to say I'm blissfully dissatisfied. I'm always looking to do better and do more, and there's a good side of that to being an achiever. I have a lot of energy, I got a lot of drive, a lot of ideas, creativity. And I can get a lot done there. The other side of that too, is you want to be, you want to be happy. You want to be content. What we've done in our life and our, our pastor, Mike Ashcraft, and I've kind of heard this from him is you you want to create your, your house, your family. You want to create a pressure-free environment. I don't want my kids to feel like they have to be the best at a sport or at a school class or whatever. I don't want them to feel like that they need to achieve or produce or do anything to get my love or my respect or my attention. I want to build character and I think part of character is doing things and failing and getting up and do it again and again. So we do build and there's ways that we intentionally work on that. But I want I want our house to be a place where they feel they don't feel pressure. They don't feel like they have to win all the time. They don't have to be the best
0: at everything. Does that make sense? It does make sense and I'm curious about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, I, I think this is a great idea. And then I also wonder, are you ever concerned that maybe we're teaching them to be apathetic or not care or something like that? And I'm just asking the other side. I'm not necessarily thinking sure. that myself. I'm just curious. Is there a parent that's going, Hey, I want my kid to win every time I want them to have the mindset of a winner and go after it and go get it. Yeah. And this guy's saying, take the pressure off. So is there a balance, yeah, the
1: balance, right? It's about, well, I mean, I think, you know, they, if there's, our kids are always looking at, they're looking at what we do. Right. So my kids see me now and I haven't always done this, but I'm back, you know, I'm, I'm in a men's workout group um, community called F3. So I'm out the door at 5am and I'm back already working out and they can see that I've already been up before the sun and got a great workout in and I'm cooking breakfast and making coffee. Like they, they see me out achieving and striving. It's not that I want them to sit there and, and do nothing and just, you know, zen out and not you know not live a life of achieving or anything like that it's just that i don't want them to feel like they've got to be perfect or they've got to get get straight a i hope they do and i hope they'll work toward it but i'm more i'm more concerned about their character and their heart than i am about them achieving certain things like i if my kids grew up to be doctors or found cures for cancer or pro athletes i'd be proud of them i don't want them to feel like they have to do that for me to be proud of them or for me to love them. So I think there, I think it's a balance. And I think part of it is there are other ways that we do teach our kids. I'm, I mean, I'm big on failure. We want our kids to fail. We want them to know that. Trying things, doing things, failing, getting back up, that is part of character development. One of the cool things that my kids are really into is Ninja Warrior. They love the show. And if you watch the show, it's crazy competitive. Everyone fails. There's only twice in two seasons out of about probably 12 or 13 that an individual has actually won the last stage. Everybody else, every other time fails. So thousands and thousands and thousands of failures, but they just keep going and they, they root for each other too. So it's a very healthy competitiveness. So we've actually, uh, built a Ninja Warrior obstacle course in our backyard. That's fairly big, probably bigger than some of my neighborhoods would like, but uh, it's awesome. And they plan it and it teaches them like determination. They have, they fall down, their hands are literally callous and bleeding. So we're not, you know, I don't want them to grow up to be, you know, just total snowflakes. Just don't want them to feel like they've got to be the best or have to win to get, to get my love or approval. And, and I'll be honest, James, I, I envisioned myself as a father pushing my kids so hard to be the best at everything. And I think at some point I realized that, that if I did that, I think that would be more about me trying to live vicariously, maybe to, to achieve things that I wasn't able to achieve. Do you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. When did that shift happen in your thinking? Probably, I
1: think, you know, our our faith journey has been, has been important to, to this. Because I think that whatever people believe, mean for me, I'm a Christian, faith is integral, I think humility is is part of it. I think just recognizing that like I'm not the center of the universe, I don't want my kids to be the center of the universe, that there's a that there's a higher purpose and a higher power. You know, striving is great, achieving things are great. I think we're we have a lot of talents and we're supposed to find our purpose and use them. But I think that we can push too hard and we can make, we can put too much, probably a little bit too much stress or attention on kids achieving. Like, I don't, this isn't like to go negative on like schools or testing or anything like this, but you know, just the, just the pressure on testing in schools and all that other stuff. I don't, I don't know that in my book anyways, that stuff doesn't matter to, to me or to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I love that. And I got this from the principal. My kids go to a school called Providence Preparatory Academy and it's a Christian school. It's, homeschool 3 days a week but they are on campus at school 2 days a week and so they it's a it's a real school they provide the curriculum and everything and what i heard their principal say on the first day we went there is we think your kids are going to get a great education here they're going to grow up they're going to be smart they're going to get a good job that's not what we exist for we exist to grow your children and their character and provide them a foundation that they can you know they can build character and faith and integrity on. And I think that's what if my kids grew up to have all those things and be fulfilled, I that's what I want for them. I don't need for them to achieve a level of success that that I put on them.
0: Well, well here's what I'm hearing is you want your kids just to grow up and be great people and I think if you grow up and are a great person and can have dynamic relationships, then success will come from that, whatever that looks like for you. And there does, I think there's been a shift in education recently of helping teach that over drilling, you know, spelling words and math equations. I I do feel like there's been a little bit of a shift of how can we help these kids grow as people? And I, I think that's what you're basically saying. You want your kids to just be good, kind, caring, passionate people.
1: Yeah, that is, that's it. I mean, it's more about who they are and who they become their achievements and look i'm an achiever you know i i go big i love i love sports i love to compete i'm an athlete i'm you know business is a sport as you know it's it's the infinite game like where it never stops and you got lots of competitors and it's fun so i love to compete so don't get me wrong and if you see my kids do ninja warrior they're absolute beasts Mm -hmm. right and i want them to compete and i want them to compete against themselves and against others I, but I guess part of it too is I don't want them to get their identity in, in winning or losing. And hey, if I win this, then I'm, then I'm good and I'm worthy. I want them to, I want them to feel that internally. I hey, think one of the other things that we, you know, is, you know, I'm sure there's some nature and there's some nurture to it. Our kids are so different. So, Milena is 10 and Matt's is six. And they, it's just amazing how different kids are. But my daughter is, In a in a very like, and she's kind of ten going on maybe eight, right or seven. Like she's she's a young ten. She still plays with dolls. She is like very in a healthy way. Like like she's quirky. She's different. Probably a little blissfully unaware of of certain things. Like she just doesn't seem to care what other kids think. I see her play with some other kids her age, and this is since she was younger. She didn't always seem to fit in, right? So there's like three girls playing the same age a lot of times like the other two kids are playing and she's just over there super content super happy doing her own thing and I want her to grow up feeling you know confident in herself and not feel and this is something that probably is for me from the way that I'm wired and the way that I grew up I don't want her to feel like her identity is and what other people think of her I think that most people do I know that me I did probably partly the way I'm wired probably partly the way I grew up just looking for approval in others I don't want her to feel like she's got to be you know approved in the sight of others to be happy or, or whatever and she seems super happy and very content whether she fits in or not and I think that's really cool I admire that because that's something that as an adult to be honest with you I still work on right I
0: mean don't we all I mean i I think that and yet it seems to be working and just really helping them be confident in themselves so how are you purposeful about Building their character.
1: Well, I mentioned one thing. I think failure is one. Right, teaching them that that failure is good and it's positive. And on that note, you talk about like, kids are different. My son has a different relationship with failure. He has a very very hard time with it. And so, you know, whether it's losing a game of tic tac toe or losing, you know, a family board game, you're kind of on pins and needles because he the kid. Really, loves, he loves to compete. He loves to yeah. win. And if he doesn't win, you know, so I think. Failing and and getting back up and competing is is great. That's a part of it. I think that the other other part of character is just realizing kind of what we were talking about. Like, well, here's a practical thing that we do is, and I actually got this. You know, you're a, you're a bold coach or maps coach, and you bold. I do affirmations with my kids in the car, right? So driving to school, and you know, today is a great day. I love to be alive. I love God. I love Jesus. I love My school, you know, like we just go through positive affirmations, and they've got these memorized and they've got them internalized. And they change on day to they change on certain days. Some of the things that I want to teach them are just literally through affirmations and through repeating these things, things that build character. One of them is, you know, what I've taught our kids or we've taught our kids that, and a lot of this is my wife is amazing. Like I have, she is so different than I am, and so she's been a really, really great partner of mine because she really helps me helps reflect back things that, you know, some major areas that I needed to grow in. And I think, you know, just helping, helping me see where I think that's kind of how God designed marriage too, right? Like my kids get good things for me. And then some of my strengths are, are weaknesses. And then my wife can kind of come in and, and kind of influence them in, in some other ways. But one of them is, what others, you know, what others think about us, or we taught our kids that if people are mean to you, it's really, it's really not about you. It's really about them. So we teach our kids and I've done that through affirmations and other things. So that if someone comes up to one of my kids in the playground and pushes them or says something really mean or nasty, which doesn't really happen a whole lot, but I've taught my kids to hopefully know that, Hey, like, that's not about, that's not about me. That's about the person who pushed me or about the person who said that, because that means they're not feeling loved or they're not feeling confident and they're just lashing out. And I think some of these things are, you know, as an adult, you learn a lot of things and you're like, man, I wish I knew that as a kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are the kind of things that we try to latch on to and go, hey, maybe we can, maybe we could help them, you know, do a little bit better in that department than, than I did. I tell you, there was a there's a book I read called The Four Agreements, and I probably read it 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a part in it. One of them is not to take anything personally, and that was a huge, huge aha for me, because we tend to make so many things about ourselves. I want my I want them to realize like it's it's not about you. It never really is.
0: I think the other side of that, and this is something I've worked on Naomi with, is that when something like that happens, the kid pushes you, or is rude to you, or bullies you, like our responsibility is to love them back and be kind back. And she has told me from time to time about, you know, kids in her class who, and we all have it. There's always the kid in the class who's always in trouble. And maybe the school's using a behavior chart, which they shouldn't be using, and that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> and, and yet they're using some sort of behavior chart. And this kid is always lower. And I go, you know, Naomi, that, I want you to reach out to that kid and be their partner to help them get better and help them and support them because someone is judging them. And if we're going to say, Hey, we're going to be us and we're just going to not care what other people think, then that kid needs to hear that. Hey, I'm on your side. I'm on your team. I care about you because everyone else is beating up on them all the time. And that's part of building character. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent.
1: You mentioned about, you know, the, the, that line between, I guess, achieving and and maybe just, you know, not, not pushing hard enough. I think I've, I've read a, I think it was on a on a podcast recently, Ed Millett podcast. It was it was a, the quote was progress not perfection.
0: And yeah, so I say that on I mean, here all the time. Perfect. That was on mine. Give me credit. You heard it on mine. I promise.
1: That was on yours.
0: Oh yes, we progress, talk about not progress not perfection. over perfection. You got it. Which I stole okay. from somebody else. To be fair, and yet we have right. absolutely said that on this podcast.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. So yeah, so and, and that really I think summarizes it really well because it is about progress. It's about, it's about not giving up and trying and failing. And so we don't want them to just not try at all. I think that I had probably in a lot of it's probably self-imposed. I'm not blaming my parents, but I think I have a lot of perfectionistic uh, perfectionist tendencies. And I think there's a healthy side of that. I think there's an unhealthy side of that too, where, where you want to be happy and you want to be content in some areas. It doesn't mean that you stop, but I don't want them to feel like they have to achieve certain things, right? Yep. I'm with you a
0: hundred percent. All right. So as we wrap up, if you were sitting and coaching a dad and, you know, walking them through just some thoughts about how to be great based on what you sh- you shared with me today, what advice would you give them?
1: Well, number one is I think, you know, this is certainly not me saying I'm great. I think it's, I think we do our best and we get better and, and like anything else. So, you know, we fail and we do certain things and we learn, I learn a lot from others, right? I mean, I admire you. I listen to your podcast. I see how you, because I know you and I've heard, there are things that I see from you. And I say, i say model behavior of other dads and other parents that are, they have the qualities and the relationships that you want, right? Choose your mentors, right? We hear that a lot in in our line of coaching. I think, well, here's, I I told my daughter last night, I told her that I was going to be talking to you. I said, Hey, Malena, daddy's gonna be talking about, about being a dad. I said, what do you, what do you think daddy does? Well, what do you like about Dad?" And she said, she said, first thing she said is you put me to bed for the most part, almost every single night of their life. Now I travel a little bit. So when I'm at, you know, events and stuff, obviously I can't, I try to check in on, you know, we FaceTime or whatever, but for the most part, ever since she was born, that was our, that's our thing. I put both of our kids to bed in it and it gives me time to unwind and connect with them and over time that's a that's a lot of time together right I'm since I work I'm not there all day every day and so I don't get to spend as much quality time as my wife does on that note I think your your partner in in raising a child is is critical and I realize that all families are different types and not everyone has two parents in the home and so there's no judgment on that at all but I think part of it is who you're partnered with and being on the same page. My wife is is great at keeping me in balance, And I'll admit that a lot of times I don't, I don't see what she sees and I might even fight it. And a lot of times I come around to seeing it and she's a, she's a good check and balance for me, you know, part of in business, business rewards boldness and, and achievement and all that stuff. Some of those things are not necessarily great qualities in the house, you know, we tend to, if we're if we're running a business or we're kind of a leader in our business, there's a different type of leadership that's needed in the house. And I think we struggle with, I struggle with control because I I have a vision of how things should be, and if it's not, it's it's real easy for me to to get in my own head and say, well, hey, things aren't that way. So I'd say, you know, take the pressure off a little bit. But but my daughter said, I said, what do you love? She said, you put me to bed. She said, you love me. And I said, well, how do how do you know I love you? And she said, because you give me hugs and kisses every day. Uh, and she said, I said, how else? And she said, because you do things with me and you take me places like rock climbing and we do stuff like like Ninja Warrior. And I think, I mean, there's so many other things. The last thing I'll say is, and I'm a, I'm a, if you're like from a disc standpoint, I'm a, I'm a high driver, I'm, I'm dominant. And I'm also like a very social. So I tend to be a little outgoing and probably talk a lot. And one of the things that I've learned is to try to, ask questions this is in in life and leadership and business and one of the greatest places to do it and i probably learned this from you as well back you know in bold years and years ago but it is asking great questions and it's such a great place to model and practice with your kids because when you ask them questions instead of telling them stuff the answers that you get and the relationship that you build are just it's really it's really invaluable and you you learned some pretty cool things. So that's awesome. Those would be a few of them.
0: Lad, you have offered us so much value today. I just thank you for taking the time out and uh, spending time with us and sharing with all these dads. I just I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're welcome, James. Thanks for having me. I love the podcast, and i'll I'll be a long time listener.
0: That was great stuff from Lad. I trust you got a lot out of it. He gave you a ton in there. In fact, one that you probably want to go back and and listen to again. You know, I, I think the takeaway for me is let's check where we are and let's ch- kind of check our mental state so that we can be engaged and present with them and really be supportive. What's our attitude like? How are we responding to things? Like we said, do we know the difference between a tiger and an angry kitten? Stuff like that that can just really help us be great parents and truly set them up to win. So I trust you got some value out of it. I did. And I thank you for listening. You know, our goal again is to help you grow as a parent partner in person. And if this has helped you, Would you share it with somebody else who you think might get some value out of it too? And then subscribe wherever you're listening and rate us too. Five stars would be great. Leave a comment. Just we're really working to spread this message and all of our growth is organic. We're not spending money on social media ad campaigns or anything like that. More people find out about Positively Dad by you sharing it with them. So I want to thank you for doing it. We're also on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad and we'd love to connect with you there. And we're sharing some resources for you throughout the week that that we trust, again, are adding some value to you. And then finally, if you'd like to be on the show or know somebody who'd be a great guest, reach out to me and let me know. James at PositivelyDad.com. I'd love to hear from you. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw. Have a good one. Bye-bye.